Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Andy Storch. Andy Storch is an author, consultant, coach, speaker, and facilitator specializing in helping clients turn strategy into action and people doing the best work of their lives. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Oh, Gigi, thank you so much. I am so excited to walk with you on the podcast today. Yes, and I'm so honored to have you here and to walk with you as well. Thank you, Andy. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you're from? Sure, yeah. So as I was telling you before, I'm, I'm a husband and a father, first and foremost. I live in Orlando, Florida, USA, where it's uh, very hot all the time, but you know because you're down the street in Tampa, right? Um, and uh, I work with clients all over the world in the talent development space, so corporate training and development. I run leadership development workshops and um, teach business strategy and finance, things like that. And I also run a membership community in the talent development world. Um, I've hosted conferences and I'm hosting a virtual summit coming up uh, very soon. Uh, and I'm also working on a book in the career development space called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. I love it. Can you tell us more about your book? Sure, I'd be happy to. So what I've noticed in working with corporate professionals uh, for many years is that a lot of people seem to be kind of drifting. They are you know, living their life and especially working in a career that they kind of accidentally fell into, um, you know, spending a lot of time in a reaction mode, waiting for people to tell them what to do, where to go with their career. And my goal with this book is to help corporate professionals, especially stop drifting and take control of their future um, and do things like uh, setting, you know, uh, creating a vision, setting goals, um, going out and doing the things to achieve those goals, uh, investing in learning, building a network, building a professional brand. Uh, and then doing a lot of things in the personal development space or so shifting their mindset um, to truly take ownership and be much more intentional with their career and with their lives. That is very powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Andy. You're welcome. What are some strategies or tips that you would advise to the audience now to take prior to reading your book? Well, you know, a lot of it is I, I talk about taking ownership and, and you can think about that, you know, if you are an employee and you're not an entrepreneur, think about it almost like you are an entrepreneur and you're running the business of you, or you're treating your life and your career like a business, uh, that is, you've got to be strategic with the decisions to be intentional with where you're going. And you may not always know where you want to go. Um, you know, for much of my life in my 20s, I was drifting. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but I was also spending, wasting a lot of time doing things that were fun, but were not actually contributing to my fulfillment or the direction of my career, what I, where I wanted to go. And what I want people to do is, you know, spend some more time reflecting, talking to other people, figuring out what is it that you like doing? What are you good at? Where do you want to go with your career? What things do you want to try? And then start to be more intentional with that. Start to take chances, start to set goals, start to take action and steps towards those and stop waiting for other people to come to you and say, Hey, Gigi, I think you should do this, or I think you should try that. I think there are a lot of people sitting around miserably in their career, waiting for their manager to give them an opportunity that never comes. And they're not stepping up and having that conversation and saying, Hey, this is where I would like to get to. I really want a promotion. And I know I'm good at this, but I need to get better at this. How can you help me with that? Or this is the kind of career I'm in now, but I'd really like to do this other thing. Maybe I, we work in finance and you'd like to get into HR, or maybe you want to become a speaker and a podcaster like Gigi, what are the things that are going to get you there? Let's start being realistic and setting goals and then taking steps towards that, building the network, 
um, learning what you need to learn, starting to build your brand uh, and go out and achieve those goals. But at the very, it, it all starts with taking ownership, not waiting for anybody else because nobody cares more about your career or your life than you do. No, maybe your mom, if she's, you know, just especially one of those really loving, caring moms, but really nobody cares about your, more about your career than you do. And so you've got to take ownership. That's right. I agree. 100%. Now, can you tell us more about one of your life principles, which is starve your fears? Yeah. You know, that's um, connected with everything I'm doing. Um, what I found is that for a lot of my life, I let fear hold me back from doing the things that I wanted to do, from trying things that I wanted to do. And I noticed that's true for a lot of people. Like, and, and fear is very natural, right? We all have fears that hold us back in different areas. Um, the three most common are fear of judgment, uh, fear of failure, and fear of rejection. And they're all kind of connected. And they all go back to our tribal minds. You know, For 95% of our history, we lived in tribes and it was deadly to get kicked out to be rejected, right? Um, you know, if you weren't part of the tribe, you're out on your own, you might get eaten by a dinosaur. Um, just kidding. People didn't exist at the same time as dinosaurs. Uh, but you can imagine what would happen if you did. Um, but now it's not realistic anymore. And yet we still have these fears and they, they hold us back often. So I started adopting this uh, philosophy, this kind of mantra of starve your fears, which I learned from, uh, I, I read it in a book by Grant Cardone called The 10X Rule uh, a couple of years ago. And it just stuck with me and I made it kind of the the tagline for my, one of my podcasts and a lot of people uh, latched onto it and I became known for it. And I started telling people like, Hey, you know, if you want to do X, you're really afraid to, you know, do a Facebook live or go take this chance or ask for this promotion. Sometimes you just got to starve your fears because the longer you let that fear sit there, it continues to grow and it gets worse and worse and harder and harder to do the thing that you want to do. So you've got to starve that fear by just taking that action. And what I have found and what a lot of people have found is that the best way to defeat a fear is just to do the thing that you're scared of. And most of the time you find out on the other side that it really wasn't that bad, right? That your worst fear um, couldn't come true. Like just for example, let's say, you know, I've done, I don't know, 300 plus podcast interviews, but let's say I hadn't and I, this was my first and I was terrified uh, to come on here and do this interview with you, which probably was the case the first time I did it, right? What's the worst that can actually happen? You know, we're scared that people are going to listen and laugh at us and think like, oh my God, this guy's terrible. But that doesn't usually really happen. And even if it does, I wouldn't be hearing you laughing at me right now because we're on a podcast, <laughs> right? But at the end of the day, like I'll still be alive. And then after you do the thing, after you starve the fear and you do the thing you're scared of, even if it doesn't go that well, you know, if I stumble through this interview and um, I'm fumbling around and it just doesn't go that well, you still learn from the experience and you get, you gain experience. The next time you do it, you're better. The next time you do it, you're better. And pretty soon you've done it a bunch of times and you're not really afraid anymore. You've built um, the confidence because what we found is that courage is not the lack of fear. We all have fear. Fear is realistic, right? Courage is recognizing fear and overcoming it. When you use that courage to overcome fear, then you gain experience and experience builds confidence. And then once you have that confidence, you can go out and do that thing on a regular basis. And I'm sure for people listening to this, as you're listening to it, I'd love for you to think about something that you do regularly that the first time you did it, you were probably scared, but now you do it effortlessly because you're like, oh, it's just a normal thing because I do it all the time. 
But the first time you did it, we're scared. So you've got to starve your fears and just do it that first time. And it always gets easier after that. I love that. It's like riding a bicycle. When you first start out, you think you can't do it, but then you eventually remove those training wheels. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm very lucky. I have two kids and I see it all the time with them, the things that they're scared to do. And I'll encourage them, but not push them too hard and then see how they overcome that fear. And it becomes, you know, I've seen it with my daughter many times where she's scared to go down like a big water slide or something. And then after she's done it, she's like, this is awesome. And then they wants to do it again and again and again and again and again. And we've all, you know, many of us have had those experiences. It's always scary the first time. But then once you do it and you're like, oh, this is not bad. I'm still alive. This is fun. Let's go do it again. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Starve your fears from Andy's right. I love it. Now, what has given you the most joy and fulfillment in your life, Andy? Oh, I get fulfilled by a lot of things. Um, I love uh, social interaction. I love having fun with people. I really love helping people, inspiring people. When, you know, I put out a lot of content, I've got my podcast, do interviews like this. Uh, when someone comes to me and tells me, you know, hey, I listened to that interview you did with, with Gigi and um, it, it really inspired me to go start my fears and do this thing that I've been scared of. I, I love that. That gives me so much fulfillment. Um, but the number one thing that gives me fulfillment in the world is, is being a father. There's nothing that compares to that. Um, being able to watch my kids grow up and learn and to be able to play and teach them and, and go through all the struggles as well. Um, for me, it gives me the most purpose and it's the most fulfilling thing that I think I could ever do. I love that. Can you tell us more about your podcast and your vision for your podcast? Sure. Yeah. So I have two podcasts right, right now. Uh, one of them is called, I don't know why that makes me laugh, um, but the, one of them is called the Talent Development Hot Seat. And it, that's my business podcast. It's, it's focused on corporate talent development. So if you are listening and you happen to be in learning and development, talent development, uh, check it out. I interview uh, all kinds of thought leaders and um, executives in the talent development world. And um, it's been really fantastic because as I've been in that business, it's helped me learn a lot about what people are working on, what they're doing. It's really helped me build my network in that space. It's helped me build my personal brand in that space. Um, I've connected with clients and colleagues and friends, uh, and that's been fantastic. And then I have another show called The Andy Stort Show that is more about personal development. And that one is a little bit more laid back. I kind of do what I want with it. It started out being more about entrepreneurship. Now it's more personal development, sharing my journey, interviewing people when I feel like it, um, putting up more solo episodes, just talking about my journey and some lessons that I've learned along the way. Um, I find that I, I'm very introspective. I'm always learning a lot of lessons about life and business, and I want to share those. And I have to give myself advice a lot. And I realize that because there are a lot of people that share similar fears and dreams and goals that I do, that it might, make, it might be useful to start to share some of that advice that I'm giving myself, out like starve your fears, right? I forgot to mention that. That mantra, starve your fears, that I share with other people all the time, it is a reminder to me when I say it, it's because I still have let fear hold me back from lots of things. And I have to remind myself, like, no, I'm not going to let fear hold me back this time. I'm going to go do this thing because it scares me and it's the thing that I need to do. Uh, and so, you know, the show, I'm often giving advice to myself for that. Uh, I may pivot that uh, as I lean more into the career development space in the fall uh, and launch the book. But, you know, it, it'll always kind of be there as this, this point of personal development because you realize like the fear, the mindset stuff, uh, it's, it's critical for everybody, whether you're an employee, you're an entrepreneur, whatever you're trying to do. So many people have 
fears and limiting beliefs and things that hold them back. And I want to be able to share more inspiration to help more people. And you asked about the purpose and vision. Um, beyond taking care of my family, um, my purpose is to inspire more people, thousands, millions of people to live life intentionally and to fulfill their true potential. My mission is to fulfill my true potential so I can inspire other people to fulfill theirs. And so I'm trying to do that with my podcast, trying to get more content out there to inspire more people and get on bigger stages, both literally and uh, theoretically or, or metaphorically, because there, there are not really many literal stages uh, going on right now as we're in this COVID pandemic. But you can still reach a lot of people uh, out there through the digital world. And I'm, I'm trying to reach as many people as I can. Wow. And you are. And that is very inspiring, Andy. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank now, you. how did you make the decision to choose the vocation you did? Accident. Everything's been an accident. You know, it's, uh, it's the irony is that as I'm writing a book and telling people, hey, be more intentional with your, with your career and your life. I mean, I have drifted and accidentally fallen into so many things and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, right? I and mean, we all have this journey. We all end up in places that we, we never probably could have predicted. I mean, some people have this vision in their childhood of what they want to be and then they grow up and, and they are that. Um, for me, interestingly enough, you know, looking back to say high school, uh, I was really interested in roads and bridges and I thought I wanted to be a civil engineer. That was the thing that I wanted to do. And I got to college and I started as a major in civil engineering. And unfortunately, or fortunately, um, what happened was I was really good at math and physics. I was terrible at chemistry and I had to pass one chemistry class to get this, this, this engineering degree or get into the engineering major. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't pass the chemistry class. Part of the reason was I joined a fraternity and I was uh, quite frankly going out drinking every night and that makes it a lot harder to study and get good grades and do well on an exam, let's be honest. Um, but I was having a lot of fun and I also, be, I didn't make it in the engineering space, but I shifted to other majors. I embraced that fraternity life. I came out of my shell as a very shy kid, learned how to build a network and how to influence people. And I went on to discover entrepreneurship and try different things. I got an MBA. Um, I got into a career in insurance, which I found completely unfulfilling and I didn't like at all. But I got into it because a, a friend, you know, recommended me for a job and I got it and I needed money, right? And that's what happens for a lot of us a lot of times. And, but eventually I started interviewing and networking with tons of people to find out what was out there and um, got recommended for a consulting job that was really fulfilling, um, matched a lot of things that I really wanted to do. And when I got that consulting job with this uh, global consulting company, it allowed me to do a lot of cool things like um, design workshops for clients, um, to travel all over the world, to be on stage facilitating workshops in different countries. And it was, it was awesome. And it was amazing. And then that led to the next step in my journey where I discovered personal development. Uh, I rediscovered entrepreneurship. I decided I want to get back into being an entrepreneur because I had startups early in my career that all failed. And um, I'm, so things did not go nearly as I planned. Didn't go up, get anywhere near where I thought I was going to be but I'm grateful for the journey and every step of the way I've gotten more experience. I've gotten wiser about what I want to do and where I want to go. And now I can say at, you know, 40 years old, I still have no idea what the future holds, but I'm more confident than I ever have been in what I'm doing and where I want to go with it. Um, so it takes time for a lot of people. You know, I just, I, I always hesitate. I want people to listen to me and think, feel bad because they don't know exactly what they want to do. It takes a lot of experience, a lot of trying things, a lot of self-discovery, um, but it helps you end up 
where you where you end up being. Wow, that's a very powerful message about trial and error, and that's truly important. And your message about never giving up is is very inspiring. And so I would really encourage the audience to truly remember to never give up and utilize Andy's story as an example. So thank you for sharing that. Now, was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment? Ooh, there's been a lot of those. Um, you know, one of the more recent ones, um, yeah, there's been a couple big ones along the way. Uh, I'll go back to one in 2005, I was going into business school or I was, I was planning to try to get into business school. I still had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I felt unhappy with my career. I wasn't making very much money. And I had grown up a very shy kid and I'd, I'd started to get better at making friends and talking to people. Um, but I discovered this book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And I read that when it came out in 2005. I just reread it recently. And it really opened my eyes. It's all about how to build a network and a brand and everything. Uh, and this was in the pre-social media internet days, right? Uh, and I said, I went on a mission to go build my network uh, as a result of that, putting as many practices from that book as possible into place. And I got to business school in 2005 at, at USC in LA. And um, I started meeting everybody I could in that program. And I ended up being president of my class the first year and the president of the MBA program the last year, 700 people. Uh, and nobody could even run against me. It wasn't even close. And the reason was not because I'm some great leader. It was because I knew more people than anybody else. It was just, I was the guy that everybody was connected with. And how I did that was not some kind of like, um, you know, inauthentic glad handing or something. It was honestly going out and just talking to people and asking them questions, getting to know them. What are their dreams? What are their goals? What are their fears? How can I help them? Um, and just having conversations after conversation, making a lot of friends, and that really opened my eyes that, wow, you can achieve so much in life uh, by building a network, by just connecting with people, being willing to go out. And so I've been on a mission to do that ever since then. And the other aha moment I wanted to share was after I started my first podcast, and I know you started the podcast recently, so I'm so excited for you. Um, after I started my first podcast in 2017, I think, um, I started reaching out to some people. Uh, it was about entrepreneurship and I was reaching out to people very nervously. Would you, you know, would you please come on my podcast? I'd love to interview you. And people kept saying yes. And I remember this moment when I, I went to my wife, who is a former journalist, and I said, I can't believe these people are agreeing to come be interviewed on my podcast. I'm nobody. And she said, of course they are. Everybody wants a chance to tell their story and build their brand. And you're giving them a chance. You're giving them a platform. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. And so ever since then, I've run with that. I started another podcast, as I mentioned, in the talent development space in my niche. And I, frankly, I use that as kind of a Trojan horse to um, not only build my brand, but to connect with those hard to get to potential clients. So senior person uh, in a big company that would never take the time to meet with me. In fact, there were multiple people who had ignored my request to meet with me. And then I asked them, hey, I've started the podcast. Would you come on? Can I interview you about the things you're doing? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And they book it. And then we get on Zoom, we build a relationship like you and I are doing now. And some of them have become clients. Many have become friends. Um, they've spoken at my conferences. And it's just been amazing what has come from that. Uh, and so, you know, to tie those two aha moments together, number one, the power of building a network, so important. And number two, if you have something that you can use to give value to others, like a platform, uh, it makes them appreciate you more and it opens up so many more doors. And so those... Those two have been big lessons for me. 
Wow, that is amazing. So you shifted from being a shy individual to then a leader to now hosting your podcast to owning your own company. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. What is your advice to the audience for overcoming that, that shyness behavior? Uh, starve your fears. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, I think back to where I was and, and, and um, you know, let's, let's be clear about the difference between like shyness, awkwardness, introvert, extrovert. Um, those are all very different things. So for me, I'm an extrovert. I do love being around people, but I was very shy. I was scared to approach people. And um, I think something kind of flipped when I got to college and I got out there talking to more people and thought, okay, this is okay. Um, and then when I read that book, I realized that I need to be more intentional about how I approach this and going out and talking to people. And oftentimes, even though I'm an extrovert, I'm social, I still love people. I still walk into a room and, you know, again, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so we're not doing this very much anymore, but, you know, go to a networking event and walk into a room and I'm like, oh my God, who am I going to talk to? What am I going to say? We, we all have those moments, right? The more you're willing to go out of your way, to be intentional, go talk to people, to try the thing that you're scared of and to give value to others and try to put others at ease. Uh, the more you're going to be able to build relationships with people, the more you're going to be able to achieve. And so I walk into those moments and think I'm scared, but that means other people are too. So let me go walk up to somebody, make a joke or talk about how awkward it is and start a conversation. And before you know it, one conversation turns into the next one and the next one. Um, and then in this virtual age, I think it's even easier to just be more intentional with who you reach out to, to say, oh, I want to start a podcast or I want to... Um, do X or Y, whatever it is that you want to do to think about what it is, make a plan, but don't spend too long planning because that always gets in the way. People, especially if you, if you're listening and you're a perfectionist, stop it because <laughs> you got to always choose progress over perfection. Perfectionists always wait and wait and wait because it's never the perfect time. If there's a big thing you want to do and you're scared, you, you got to just take some action. You got to take that first step. And if it involves people, start to reach out, start to network, talk to people, ask them questions, find out how they're doing things, learn from them, take that inspiration to go take action. Um, Gigi, you and I connected on LinkedIn. You know, I, I, one of us said, Hey, let's chat. And we got on a phone call and it was like, this is great. And then you said, Hey, I'm starting this podcast. Will you come on? And I said, yeah, of course. And here we are. Right. It's, it's, it's always like, it's scary at the beginning, but it's, it's, it's really not that challenging. It's not that complicated, right? You're just having conversations with people finding what works, what doesn't, and just keep going. That's right. And building relationships that truly matters as well. 100%. Yes. I love it. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Oh, man. Um, I, 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 first of all, those things are so important and, and so few people are doing it. I, I love that question. Um, and I think both come down to mindset. Your mindset and your outlook on life go so far to determine your happiness and your fulfillment. Um, I think so many people try to, um, you know, outsource or delegate their happiness onto other people. I'll be, I can't be happy because my boss is a jerk or my wife or my husband is not, you know, kind to me, or, uh, you know, I don't have that many friends or I'm lonely or, you know, politics. I don't like the president or, you know, whatever it may be, right. There's so many excuses not to be happy but happiness comes from within. We get to choose whether we're happy or not. And it's not always that easy, but a lot of it comes down to your mindset and your outlook. And I'm largely in favor of a mindset of ownership 
um, which means that you take responsibility for almost everything you can in your life and you focus your energy on the things that you can control and you don't worry so much about the things that are out of your control. So, you know, we're in a politically divisive time right now. People get a lot of very stressed out about politics and other things going on in the world, but most of those things are outside of your control. So, you know, be aware of what's going on, but don't let that dictate your happiness, what's going on. I choose to focus on what's in my control. What's in my control is uh, the things I do to run my business, how I show up for my family, having dinner with my family every night, um, calling and talking to friends, uh, you know, the type of content that I consume, how much time I spend on social media, how much time I watch television, um, what type of people I spend my time with, which is really important because you rise to the level of the peers that you, you surround yourself with. And if you're around negative people, then they're going to influence you to have a negative mindset. If you're around positive, ambitious people, they're going to influence you to have a positive, ambitious mindset. So I always recommend people think, think closely, um, carefully about the type of people you're surrounding yourself with. What types of groups are you in? What type of friends do you talk to regularly? Is your family positive or negative? Um, and think about your mindset. And um, one flip that is, uh, it's hard to do, it takes some practice over time, but it's the belief, it's, it's not only taking responsibility for everything, but it's the belief that everything in life happens for you, not to you. So everything that happens, whether they're opportunities or they are challenges, they are happening for you for some reason. And some of them are very challenging. They're hard in the moment. You're like, this sucks, but there may be a reason for it. You know, the classic example, uh, and one that's happening a lot right now during this pandemic, a lot of people are getting laid off because in, there's, there's a lot of industries and companies are having tough times. And I know a lot of people that are getting laid off and it sucks in the moment, but people always, always end up in different or better places. You know, you find that next job, that next career, and you wonder like, how did this happen? And it only happened because that layoff happened. Maybe you're meant to go somewhere else, whether you believe in, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? you know, things happening for a reason or not, right? Um, that, that's like set or something. That's up to you. But if you believe that everything in life happens for you, then you can get excited about everything. You can turn challenges into opportunities. Start to see the silver linings and things. Look at something like COVID-19, like this pandemic, and see it all as an opportunity. What does this make possible? What can I learn from this? What's great about this? How do I turn this challenge into an opportunity? You know, for me, it allowed me to completely pivot my business from, uh, you know, before COVID, I was flying around the country running in-person workshops. That was my business. And it got completely shut down by COVID. And I've completely pivoted to running a virtual business and trying new things. And I absolutely love it. I'm home every day with my kids. Um, it's, it's, you know, one of the best things happened to me. Now, knock on wood, I don't have anybody in my family who is, um, who's sick right? And a lot of people are dealing with a lot of challenging things out there. It's not easy. But when you can shift that mindset to one of ownership, taking responsibility for everything going on in your life, belief that things happen uh, for you and not to you, getting away from the victim mindset and focusing on things that are well within your control and not worrying so much about the things outside of your control. Those are the things that I think lead to happiness and to fulfillment one more thing I'll add to that as a bonus for happiness and fulfillment is uh, we talked earlier about starving your fears, following your dreams, going after those things, tackling new challenges, getting out of your comfort zone, learning, growing. Uh, 
Uh, growth leads to fulfillment as well. And the more you do that stuff, it's scary, uh, but that often leads to a lot of happiness and fulfillment as well. That's right. And now you mentioned having to pivot. Can you tell us more about your experience with pivoting? Was it easy? or um, Probably easier for me than a lot of people because I've spent so much time practicing and adopting that mindset. Um, so easy for my mind to go, you know what? COVID's here. We're not going to be doing in-person stuff for a while. Like I can see it, you know, it's, we're not going back for a long time, right? So I've got to do something else. I've got to pivot. And so my mind went there and I said, okay, that's, that's what I'm going to do. Now, it doesn't mean that right away I was making money or my business was taking off. Like it has been a slow growth process. It's been a long slog. Um, I'm still building the new businesses, but I'm trying to do it right and build for the long term. Um, so the, the mindset shift, I, I was happy to just go with that and, and see the silver linings too. Like I said, I was on planes a lot before. Now I get to be home with my kids. So I'm choosing gratitude, which we didn't even talk about that. Gratitude such a big part of happiness and fulfillment as well. I'm choosing gratitude that this is the life I get to live and that I get to be home all the time. I don't have to travel anymore. Um, so there's that. And it creates new opportunities. I love trying new things, starting new businesses. I'm so excited about all of that. Um, it allows me to move closer to the goals and the things that I want to do. And I think it's opened up a lot more opportunities too. You look at silver linings. I'm, you know, we talked about how I'm big on networking. Um, I connect with a lot of people on LinkedIn all the time because I'm in B2B. You, know, you and I connected on LinkedIn. And I've, before COVID, I would tell you, if I was trying to connect with executives, you know, these like high ranking people in big companies, um, I would have a low percentage rate of people responding to me. And if I got people to respond and I was trying to book a meeting, it would probably take six weeks or more before I could get on someone's calendar because they were all traveling around and have a bunch of meetings. Now I connect with people. They're happy to talk to me. I could book a meeting three days later with someone that that never happened before. So it's just created a lot of opportunities um, for me and, and I think for other people who are willing to, to dive in and, and really embrace the virtual world that we live in. Um, but again, I, I don't want to ever paint a picture that like everything in my life is amazing. Uh, I'm, I've got tons of challenges. I'm learning new things. I'm building new stuff. It's freaking hard. Um, you know, I'm running into challenges. I'm making mistakes. I'm failing. I'm not making nearly as much money as I used to yet right? But I'm building, I'm building back towards that. Uh, and um, I'm very optimistic and confident that things will work out. And if for some reason it doesn't, I'll learn a lot. I'll pivot again. I'll go on to the next thing. That's right. Mindset truly matters. Now you mentioned staying at home with your children. Can you tell us about your experience with having to choose if they go back to school or homeschooling for the audience that are listening who are parents? So it oh, can well, that is such a personal choice. Um, I'm definitely not going to give any advice on that. That's for sure. Um, I can just tell you about my own experience. And I'll also tell you that my wife, Courtney, who is amazing, who also works from home, uh, she took on most like 95% of the burden of like this decision and coordinating everything that we were going to do. Obviously, we talked about it. Uh, we got aligned on it. Uh, but she did more of the work in this. So I, I, I can't speak too much of this. There's a lot of options, right? Or there, there were more options there before, right? Do the kids go back to school? Do they stay home and go online? Um, do you do some type of hybrid? And it's, there's different options available in different districts around the United States and around the world. Uh, what we ultimately chose, we were very lucky that um, our kids have always gone to this child development center that's run by this, um, this church down the street from us. 
and uh, they offered an opportunity to put a pod of kids together, a small group of kids, uh, to do online schooling overseen by a teacher that they bring to the table. And uh, we thought that was a great opportunity. And so my wife got on the horn and started coordinating, networking and coordinating with other moms to enroll them and get their kids to go as well, because it wasn't going to work unless, unless they had at least, I think, five kids. Um, we couldn't just do it on our own. So she had to convince, persuade, influence uh, other moms to sign up. And that ended up happening. And I think, there, I think my daughter's in a pod of six kids, like four first graders, a second grader, and a fourth grader. And they're doing uh, online schooling through Florida Flex, which is like the state-provided um, online program which as we're recording, this still hasn't even started yet because they're having so many technical problems, as you might expect. Um, but that's put together. And then my, my son is in like a pre-K that's kind of being run as normal. It's just the school, you know, they don't let parents in. They take temperatures when, when you get there. Uh, it's just a very different environment, um, but it's being done. It's being very well done. And we are so lucky. I'm so grateful that we have this resource because a lot of people don't have that. Right? A lot of people have their kids at home or they're sending their kids to school hoping that um, that they don't get sick or that things go well and school doesn't shut down. And again, that was the right choice for us because we had the right opportunity, but everybody has to make the, the decision for them and how they parent and what they want to do with, with school. So always a personal choice. That's right. And I think your, your example is very helpful for those who are not sure what they want to do right now. At least they have an example to go off of. So thank you for sharing your story. Well, and the other thing I'd add to that too is just that I, I think you know, this is where I'm, I, I, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I'm just kind of predict a little bit, which you never know what the future brings. But I think this whole thing will revolutionize and probably change education quite a bit as it will for healthcare as well. And maybe some other industries. And so because of that, I think there will be more options that start popping up. I mean, there are other uh, organizations that traditionally just did summer camps around us that are also organizing those pods you know, and saying, hey, have your kids come here and do online school and we'll do small groups. So I think there's a lot of creative solutions happening. There's a lot of different things coming up. So the only reason I wanted to bring that up again is to encourage parents to just start networking and investigating other options. There may be other options out there that you don't even know about yet because you just haven't talked to enough people or haven't researched or investigated that enough. And, you know, there's all kinds of new things started. I, start, I talked to a woman in the UK last week uh, who is starting a company to work with corporations to help organize these pods for employees. I thought it was a brilliant idea and I hope she's successful with it. Um, and those are the kinds of things that may pop up that never would have happened if it wasn't for COVID. Wow, that is amazing. Research truly matters. So thank you for yeah. raising awareness on that. For sure. Yes, and Andy, thank you again for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I'm truly honored to have you here and for sharing your story, your tips and your advice. And I'm looking forward to reading your book when it comes out. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Gigi. I really appreciate the opportunity. And, and honestly, like you, you ask great questions and you bring something out of me that I didn't even know was there. Um, just get me excited to share. And I hope this has been helpful for people. Um, I do have for people listening, uh, if I could give a free resource, uh, if the career stuff is particularly interesting, I created a very short report. I surveyed my network and asked people, what are the biggest mistakes that you've made in your careers? And I heard a lot of great mistakes and I've made some of these myself and I, I put them together and made a very short little report of the top five most common career mistakes people make. And if you want to get that report and just find out, are you making these mistakes or avoid the mistakes? 
Uh, people can go get that by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes. Ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash mistakes. And if you, you get that and you sign up there, um, you can also get um, notifications and even join our advanced reader team for the book before it comes out. I love it. Is that the best place for individuals to find you as well? Uh, that place is great. Or, uh, you know, I'm everywhere on social media. LinkedIn is where I am the most, uh, but I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, so hit me up either of those places or, uh, yeah, go sign up there on your career on your slash mistakes and you'll get an email from me and you can always reply to that too. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Andy at andystorch.com. And Andy, again, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Thank you. This has been awesome. You're welcome. Have a blessed day. You too.